Welcome to episode two of the Creed of Crypto podcast, where we provide immersive, essential, and evergreen strategies for the novice cryptocurrency investor. How are you doing? I am one half of your host, ETH Moon. And as always, I've got with me co-host Crypto Ewok. Ewok, how's it going this week? How are you feeling? Feeling great. Feeling great. How are you? I am very good. I um, wanted to ask your thoughts on not a lot of action going on over the last week, but since we last spoke on uh, last Tuesday's episode, we had a little bit of a dip in the market. Um, and I kind of always just am looking at the Ethereum price. And I know we were kind of trading in like the mid 3000s or so. We dipped back into the low 3000s. As I watched it over the course of last week, we got the whole way down. I think the low I saw was in the 2700s. And now we're kind of just trading sideways. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think maybe we continue that into October? What, what are your kind of market observations overall right now? Yeah, I haven't changed my uh, opinion that I still think we're about to be in a in a bear market. It, it, there's not a whole lot of energy. And like you said, it's just kind of going sideways. Uh, I think people will see that and, you know, start to sell off a little bit. I am really interested when I hear you say that because there are a lot of people out there that have uh, diamond hands going on and think that we are entering, well, we are obviously entering the fourth quarter of the year. Um, but people think that we might be getting ready to catapult into outer space here as we get into October and into next year. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I mean, I, I, I hear opinions on both sides of that coin, but um, it's interesting to hear your takes. We'll see where we actually end up going. It's going to be an interesting next few months for sure. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe before we actually get into today's topic, and we are going to talk today about actually onboarding into crypto. So again, this is focused on the novice cryptocurrency investor. You're really getting into this. We're going to talk about getting started, getting on an exchange, how you set, set up your wallets and stuff like that. We'll tell you all the tricks of the trade to make sure that you get set up the right way. But I want to ask you, Ewok, because it is upcoming, and we're going to talk about different coins occasionally on the show. Hex is respected as one of the top cryptocurrencies, unless you look at coin market cap right now, uh, in the world. Um, soon, we don't know a date, we have speculation, but soon we are going to have the fork of Ethereum and what is called Pulse Chain coming out. Um, could you describe Pulse Chain's relation to Hex, what it actually means? and when this may occur. And we're getting a little heady right off the bat. If you are a newer investor, I promise you we'll scale it back here. But this is pretty topical for the next couple months. So yeah, tell us a little bit about what Pulse Chain is. Sure. And actually, I think it's a it's a good topic for new people to hear about and to learn about. Um, Pulse Chain essentially will fork off of Ethereum. Um, if 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 you know anything about Ethereum right now, the the gas fees, uh, and when I say gas fees, it's the cost to transact uh, are very high, and it's somewhat ridiculous. So the founder of Hex decided he was going to fork Ethereum off onto a uh, separate chain, and when that happens, you will get a copy of all your ERC twenty tokens on that chain from from day one, um, it will be a proof of stake uh, 
conceptual chain, whereas Ethereum is proof of work. You know, there's miners um, on Ethereum and there will be validators on Pulse. So it's a pretty cool concept. And and as I said, if you have any ERC-20 tokens, um, you will get a copy uh, on the Pulse chain. So it's pretty exciting where it's headed. Um, last I heard, TestNet was a mere days away, which means they'll launch a test network. Uh, you'll be able to go to a faucet and um, get some free of the test pulse and uh, try to break it. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the goal is to see what works, see how it runs. And um, I, I, I would imagine probably, f- f- I'm going to guess 45 days from what from what I'm hearing. If everything runs smoothly, uh, then we'll get the launch and Pulse Chain will fork off at a certain block um, and just and, and just split. So pretty exciting. Definitely is. Yeah. And November is, yeah, you said 45 days. November is a lot of what I've been kind of hearing speculated about as well, which would be awesome. And you mentioned um, the creator of Hex, which is Richard Hart. And the, the cool thing about him is, you know, if you follow him on Twitter, he posts some eccentric stuff. The hexagons are usually pretty eccentric. But the cool thing about him is, even though he has that side of him, um, his rollouts are very kind of well thought out and concerted. He's not rushing things out there just to get the product out there like so many failed coins have done in the past. That's an interesting thing, I think, because, he, like I said, he's such a wild personality, but he's taking his time and he doesn't care how long it takes. And look at the anticipation for it. I mean, like, if you hit yeah. up Twitter right now, I mean, everybody, Pulse, people are, like, obsessing over Pulse Chain. And this is a guy who's methodically taking his time to have, like, a good, completed, finished product, you know? Yep, yep. And he did the same thing with Hex. I mean, it was, it is the only finished product that exists in crypto that I know of. Uh, so when he launched it, he wanted it to be perfect. There were um, two security audits done, and there was also one economics audit. So, I mean, the time, the thought, the money, everything went into it to make sure that it worked as it should, um, and we could release it as a as a finished product. You know, everything else is a project, where right. this is actually a product. So, yeah, lots of. Uh, <laughs> Lots of thought went into it, and I, I see no difference for Pulse. Yeah, anytime you're going to get just a total airdrop of uh, coin that you own, possibly a massive amount of it, it's a pretty big deal in the crypto space. So lots of exciting stuff coming for sure. I uh, want to remind you to follow us, the show, on Twitter. We are at Creed of Crypto, pretty easy to remember. And if you enjoy the show on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and review. It's very much appreciated motivates us even more to get one of these out to you every single week. So let's get into the topic at hand. Ewok, we're talking about onboarding crypto. How do you actually get into this thing? And let's just pare it down for somebody who's just a total dum-dum about this, hasn't gotten into this world, doesn't understand what this whole wacky coin game is. Um, I think, I think first off, we need to kind of make sure that people understand how to actually buy coins uh, getting a wallet set up and what that what a wallet is different from like your exchange or your exchange wallet, which is a tricky thing to think about. Um, so let's start off with an exchange because if you're going to buy crypto, you're going to do it on an exchange and you're going to hear 
um, about a few different exchanges. If you're in the United States, Coinbase is always probably going to be the number one thing you hear of. It is not the only one, despite what some people may think. Uh, Gemini is a popular exchange. Kraken is popular. Binance has had some issues in the past, but they are also a pretty popular exchange. There's many more that are accessible all over the world. And on almost all of these, you can get your basics. I mean, you can get Bitcoin, Ethereum, like some of the top, you know, Cardano, stuff like that. You can you can get that stuff on most of these exchanges. Um, but when you get into maybe some of the more obscure projects or some altcoins, even if they're good ones, they all they aren't always just right there on Coinbase. You may have to do your research. Um, so Ewok, I'll kick it over to you. Talk a little bit about finding out what exchange it is you need to use uh, starting off, because you need to know what it is you want to invest in, obviously. And then also talk about some safety practices when choosing an exchange. Um, There's a lot we can get into here because I have some other thoughts as well. But just talk about that process or maybe your initial process when you got into crypto, deciding what exchange to get into. Yeah, sure. Um, You pretty much hit the basic ones for, you know, I'm going to speak for being in the United States, uh, Coinbase, uh, Gemini, and crypto.com are the ones that I I usually use. It's the easiest way to get from fiat currency, you know, your US dollar into the world of crypto. Um, I, I don't I don't recommend though leaving your stuff there. Again, we kind of covered this on last week's episode a little bit, but mm-hmm. you know, if you're if you're gonna leave things on a platform. Just remember, it's not your keys, not your crypto. So there are risks to leaving anything on one of these exchanges or um, or so-called wallets. They're not really uh, a, a considered a safe wallet for you to hold stuff. Uh, but those three are the main, main ones that I use. Um, you know, they offer the basic coins that you may want to look you know if you're just starting out i don't recommend going heavy into these crazy off the wall things which you're probably not going to find on any of those anyway um and and most of most of those coins that they do offer i I wouldn't touch those either honestly (laughs) so so let's talk a little bit about i wanted to get into this because you're going to hear the acronym um or the uh three the three letters kyc which is know your customer and that is something that a lot of like u.s banks um obviously have you know like collecting your social security number getting all kinds of different information about you and stuff like that and you're going to run into some of that stuff on the exchanges you know they may ask you for your social security they're going to ask you for your bank information if you're going to send over funds out of your bank they're going to identify you a little bit. You may um, be finding yourself taking a picture of yourself with your uh, driver's license in your hand or sc- scanning over yep. your license or some kind of identification. So this is going to happen. And I'll tell you what, this is a whole other episode for sure, but that's also for the IRS and tax purposes, which I think definitely Ewok, we can have an episode all on that eventually. But um <laughs> Yeah, it's so you are going to get into that, and it's going to feel very just kind of standard bankish, which in a way may give people some 
you know, that, that may feel that there's risks with crypto. It actually may give you a little bit of like, there's some officialness to this. Like there's, you, you do have to go through these processes to get into the exchanges. So think of an exchange basically as like, that's just your marketplace. That's where you can go and actually buy the coins. And as Ewok says, we don't want to leave them on there. Even if you see any language on an exchange referring to like your quote unquote wallet on there, that is not a wallet. That is not really where you want to leave those funds or anything. Um, so I was going to ask you, Ewok, I was going to say, what exchange do you recommend and what are some uh, maybe not so obvious things that people need to think about when choosing an exchange? Now, you already kind of said, I actually forgot crypto.com, so I'm glad you brought that up. But yeah, those are some of the, ba- the big ones. But what are some what are some maybe hidden things that people may not think about when choosing an exchange? Maybe in terms of like getting your funds actually on the exchange, things kind of like that. Um, well, you know, you said the the KYC, uh, they also have the AML, which is the anti-money laundering. So they're, you know, like you said, you're going <laughs> to you're going to have to, you know, take a picture of your driver's license and social security number and all that stuff. And it is for security purposes um, as much as it is for IRS so they can keep an eye on what you're doing. Um, you know, they don't want people going in laundering money with a bunch of crypto and then sending it back out. So, you know, just as important though, as getting your money in is getting your money back out when the time comes to, to do so and to take profits. Um, I, th- I still think Coinbase is probably the easiest, simplest one for, for beginner people. Um, <clears throat> it's a very easy process. They're one of the ones that have been around the longest. Um, and not many people know this, but when you have a Coinbase account, there is also a secondary level of Coinbase called Coinbase Pro. Um, that is more of the normal exchange type thing uh, where you can go in and set limit orders and, and do things like that. And honestly, that is the only time I really recommend leaving money on an exchange is if you have a limit order set that you're trying to catch a certain price. So that makes a lot of, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And that's kind of, you don't need to need to necessarily be a quote unquote, like day trader or something to be using that mechanism. But you will find that a lot with people that may trade in and out during the day. Um, And a good call out on Coinbase Pro. So yeah, that's a really good point. Because when you, if you're on your phone or whatever, and you download the Coinbase app, that's, you can purchase on there and that's where you may onboard your funds from your local bank or something, but you really want to move it over then. And it's a very simple process. It's literally the click of a button. I would download the Coinbase pro app, or if you want to do this stuff on your desktop, which is probably kind of advisable if you're really talking about a lot of money. Um, yeah, I would get on Coinbase pro and get everything over to there. Then you're, it's going to look complicated and you're going to see charts and you're going to see when you go over to actually the trade screen, it's going to look very intimidating, but you'll notice that on Coinbase, Kraken, Gemini, you're going to see these charts pretty much everywhere you look. It's just important to know the price of whatever the commodity is you want to buy. And if you're, you know, trading in your USD for that, or maybe you're buying Ethereum to transfer to another coin or whatever it may be. So, and um, I would like to add one more thing that um, we are not advocating trading. Most people lose money because there's a lot of emotion when when you 
when you're sitting in front of a screen and, and essentially you're trying to take money from another person on the other side of another screen. So just keep that in mind. You know, I think it's 65, 70% of people lose when they trade. So yeah. we are not advocating that whatsoever. <laughs> Please do your research yeah. and uh, uh, only do that at your own will. So, yeah, that and that's a great point. And uh, we're just I'm just coming up with new episode ideas pretty much left and right here. But, yeah, that that's a whole other episode we could talk about, too, is you and I both are pretty much and I. Again, yeah, we would we would tell this to anybody is to be hodlers, basically hold on for dear life, buy yep. and hold, because and that that doesn't mean into perpetuity necessarily. It does that doesn't mean like you have to go buy Ethereum right now. And um, you know, if there's if we do actually get into a bear market, and it goes down to fifteen hundred in a couple of weeks or something. You know, if you saw that coming, you can certainly sell it and buy back in whenever it appears maybe we're at the bottom. So, and these are, you know, people have this misnomer. We, we talked last week about the volatility of crypto. People have this idea that like overnight the world's going to change, you know, or sure, I've woken up and seen like maybe a 10% dip, which is like, whoa, you know, which really isn't that much in crypto. But you're going to know these things are coming a little bit. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be like a week's long move. So you're even considered a hodler in crypto if it's just for like three months, I mean, that, that is holding a coin through like a whole cycle or a uh, quarter of the market. So, you know, that, that actually is considered long term, believe it or not, in crypto. So keep that in mind as well. But do you have another thought so, on that? Yeah, well, definitely. Uh, and you mentioned one important thing. Um, I've always recommended that people dollar cost average in. Um, that way, if you get a better rate and if we are entering a bear market, uh, you put so much in every couple weeks, you'll see that you're starting to get a better better price average. Um, and, and the one thing, another thing that you mentioned too was when it does dip down, if you sell it and buy it right back, that becomes a taxable event, and you can pretty much write off those losses uh, for later. Whereas if you just buy, hold when it goes down, uh, and then it comes back up, you, you're only able to right off or to you know do taxes with your your profitable stuff but if you sell after it goes down and then buy the same amount right back you get yourself a nice little tax break so keep that in mind right yeah yeah and it's good uh there's also different rates um in terms of what's considered a short-term trade versus a long-term trade which is basically if you're holding something for over a calendar year the rates that your capital gains would be uh taxed at are far different than like a short term and yeah you know it's much better much better to hold longer for sure yeah and easier on your brain too i mean it's easier to just kind of you know calm down and let the market kind of play out so um so this leads us into the next thing and and maybe you know weirdly this is a question maybe we almost needed to answer before we even talk about an exchange but you need to know obviously what is it that you're going to buy and we're not here to necessarily tell you that we may have our own personal thoughts on it um, but you need to, whether you have some kind of an advisor or there's somebody you'd like to follow on YouTube, and there may be people getting into crypto that hear me say that to think it's preposterous to suggest following the advice of someone on YouTube to make large financial investments. Well, this is a new world. And I'll tell you that right now. We're not talking about like making, you know, 8% per year in the S&P 500 where, you know, if you account for inflation and stuff like that, you hardly even get anything after it's all said and done. We're talking about an entirely different market that goes all over the place now. 
So this is kind of a new financial world. Um, so again, yeah, what you're going to buy may have needed to be thought out prior to the first step to seeing what exchange you're going to get on. Are you talking about some of the basics that we've referred to? Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, Polkadot, or something like that? Um, you're good. Well, I, I would name Hex, but you can't just <laughs> go right on an exchange. I was good. Trust me, it's in the top. It was in it was in my thoughts, but it's not on the exchanges like that. We'll we'll get into that in a minute. I want to talk about that. Um, but for those I mentioned, you're good almost anywhere. They will carry those. But and actually, you just led me right into this Ewok. Are you worrying about um, uh, Terra Luna or Hex or some other altcoins that uh, Kusama that stand a good chance of? doing well and we hear a lot about in the market uh solana is another one as well that ecosystem um different altcoins with maybe a lower market cap even though hex would not fall under that description um if so you may have a bit of a rabbit hole to go down okay and just to kind of give you an umbrella on that <clears throat> you know if you're in the u.s and maybe you're trying to buy luna or something you may only able, to, I, I'm just giving an example, this may not even be true, but you may have to go to an exchange called KuCoin. And to accomplish that, you may need a VPN. Um, you might need multiple exchanges to find out how to get a certain coin. You really can get into the weeds. And I'm not saying that you have to do this. You know, if you, um, it's perfectly fine to have a portfolio of like, you know, Ethereum, Polkadot, you know, Solana or something like that, maybe three or four coins. And you can get them pretty much on a main exchange. But some of these other ones that are huge money makers, like <clears throat> Hex that we're going to talk about here, you have to go a bit of a different route. So Ewok, I'll let you take that away. You can talk about the specifics of getting into something like Hex and maybe just some other ones that you've gotten into over the years that wasn't just simply like logging onto Coinbase, clicking the buy button. Yeah, sure. Um, with that being said, I'm going to lead in a little bit of a different way because... Uh, when you're talking about hex and some of these other, you know, coins that are like ERC twenty coins, the the best way to get in is with your MetaMask wallet. Um, MetaMask is also one of the the safer uh, wallets to keep your crypto. Now it it has to be an ERC twenty. You can't keep Bitcoin, uh, Monero, things like that in that wallet. Uh, but from there, you can do a lot of interesting things, and you're working with the the network. Uh, the Ethereum network on some more decentralized exchanges. Uh, for example, you know, there's there's one inch exchange, there's uh, Matcha.xyz, there's, um, oh crap, what's the other one? Uniswap is a big one. <clears throat> so you're going to get some of these other coins that you're possibly looking at from exchanges like that. Uh, and it, in my opinion, it's much safer when you use those exchanges because the the coins never leave your custody so it's a it's a far better way and more secure way to exchange your crypto so right yeah that that's a really good point too yeah because you're you're kind of going you're not just going straight on an exchange you're actually going through a wallet which is a cool thing as well um and you pretty much just described how you would actually buy hex so you know we might as well do this i mean it's a simple youtube search as well but since hex um is one of, if not the premier cryptocurrency uh, that people are seeking out to purchase right now. Ewok, why don't you lead us through 
just the beginning to the end of a purchase of Hex. And we don't have to necessarily get into the staking portion of it, although that is kind of synonymous with Hex. But just to give somebody an example of one of these like bridge type methods of buying a certain coin, how do you actually purchase Hex? Yeah, the easiest way um, is to, we're going to use Coinbase as our example to onboard from your fiat. So you buy your USDC, which is a US um, dollar coin from Coinbase, and you're going to send it right to your MetaMask wallet. Now, keep in mind, you are going to need a little bit of Ethereum to do the transaction. Um, many people just buy the Ethereum, but I'm, I said USDC for hex uh, for the simple reason that that is the most liquid pair on the the, the popular uh, uniswap or one inch uh, there's more liquidity tied to that it's also the main reason why hex doesn't follow the rest of the the, the crypto market um, when you're tied to us dollar the only thing that affects your market is buys and sells uh, it's not driven by any other coin um, there is a little bit um, associated in liquidity with Ethereum, but I think it's probably less than 10 or 15%. Uh, most of the liquidity is USDC. So if you go to Coinbase and you get your USDC, send that to your MetaMask wallet, uh, and then you're going to connect your MetaMask wallet to, we'll say Uniswap. It's probably the most popular one. Um, and in fact, the MetaMask has a swap feature right built into it. There is a swap button. <laughs> right on your yeah. MetaMask, and you can do it right from there. Now, like I said, keep in mind, you do need a little bit of Ethereum, and it'll tell you how much the gas fee is whenever uh, you, you hit that swap button. But what it's doing is going through a smart contract, um, and it, it talks to the liquidity, and it essentially swaps it right away, and the money never leaves your, um, your custody. So it, it's quite easy. Um, it, it's, um, yeah, just a couple steps, and, and you have Hex. It actually is pretty easy. I can vouch for that. And as somebody who, you know, whenever I, I did first buy it a while back, like, um, the steps sound difficult if you don't know some of these platforms and programs, like hearing Uniswap and MetaMask. MetaMask is basically just a wallet, you know, just like um, we will. We've talked a little bit about wallets last week. We'll talk about wallets here in a moment. But yeah, it's basically just a wallet that holds specific types of tokens that's necessary for actually purchasing HEX. So it, it really isn't a lot of moves. It's just the purchase on Coinbase. You can send that USTC. And that's actually a point I was going to bring up too. When I was first uh, kind of getting into and just dipping my toes into the crypto world back in 2017, there was no USDC coin. Um, there was, of course, like Tether um which is like tied to the u.s dollar was, was there something was usdt around too then or was there anything other than tether i think isn't usdt i think that is tether oh okay yeah you're probably right <laughs> that probably just is the uh the uh yeah. symbol for it it's, but yeah. but that was the only one though i think right like there was i know there was no usdc back then correct correct that's yeah. fairly new a new product um and i believe it is uh, Coinbase driven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's a really good way, like you said, it's a really good way to onboard. Like it's a really good way to like when I, I when I last did that, I basically just put it over and you get into USDC right away to start your trading. 
Yep. Yep. Yeah. And 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 like I said, you have a little bit of a, a Ethereum to to cover your your costs. Yeah. Now yes. I believe and there are. Ahead, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, there are other USD coins as well. I think um, I think Binance has one. I think Gemini has one too. Um, mm. They all have their own. The problem with those coins, and not really a problem, but if you're looking to trade on Uniswap, um, there isn't a whole lot of liquidity, so you're not going to get a very good price. So keep that in mind with with what you use. Uh, USDC is the is the most popular ERC US dollar tied coin out there. And, you know, you keep mentioning those uh, gas fees on uh, whenever you actually purchase Hex. So that's the importance of having some Ethereum in the MetaMask wallet from the get go, because depending on the time of day and it really it, it doesn't depend on how much you're necessarily buying in Hex. So that's one nice thing you could be buying, you know, three hundred dollars worth or twenty thousand dollar worth. The gas fee will be the same. However, it could range. I mean, there's been times that I've seen it like 15 bucks and there's been times I've seen it 75 bucks. I mean, it just, you know, um, it just depends on the time of day. I've heard that like uh, weekends and late nights are maybe the best time to avoid those. But you want to you want to buy if you if, if this is your literally your first time in, you want to buy a little wee bit of Ethereum first. I would suggest I'd probably just throw like $100 worth or so over into MetaMask because you're going to need that for those fees. And you might think to yourself like, well, man, I, this sucks. Like I'm only buying, I don't know, $500 worth of hex and I'm spending a whole other hundred on fees or something like that. Well, keep in mind what this market is capable of doing and what your investment in hex may turn into literally even 90 days from now. And the fact that whenever you stake it and are earning nearly 40% interest on it, um, you'll forget about those gas fees pretty quickly. I'm sure you've experienced that, Ewok. Yeah. Um, Saturday night, about 2 in the morning, is is a ideal. <laughs> right. Uh, usually, uh, for some reason, the, the gas prices go down. But but you can go to, I think it's ethgasstation.info, and it'll tell you, uh, you know, about how much it is and how many, what they call guay, it is to send your coins and it, it does fluctuate depending on how busy the network is. And another reason why we're so excited for pulse chain, because we're talking, you know, like you said, I've seen it over $125 just to swap a coin. Right, uh, yeah. It will be pennies on, on pulse chain. So another reason why we're super excited about that. That will definitely be amazing. Yeah. So, um, so I want to move on a little bit into the next point. So we kind of covered exchanges, knowing what you're going to buy first off, because you need to know where to go to get it, obviously. But also it's important, and we touched on this a bit with dollar cost averaging, but when are you going to buy? So, you know, I think it's important to know, and, you know, maybe that's a stupid word to use. We don't necessarily know definitively, but where are we at in a market cycle and what might happen with the overall market in the coming months? You know, um, this is one reason why maybe if you have a lump sum that you're deciding to put into cryptocurrency, this is why you may take hell. I mean, maybe just take a whole three month period and once every week, maybe every two weeks, buy into whatever market you want to. Um, how, how have you approached that Ewok? Actually, and I always go back to this because 
the people that are getting into this world right now are what what was going on four years ago was a whole other lifetime ago. You know, we talk about how um, like four years in crypto is like over a decade on Wall Street. Um, when you were really getting into this in 2017, and if you were looking to put a lump sum in, how did you go about it? Did did you just totally ape in, or did you have the wherewithal to say like, okay? Let's take a disciplined approach here and just kind of dollar cost average your way in. And if so, how long did you dollar cost average for over like what time span? Well, I really think it depends on what you're buying um, and looking at the chart, see what it's doing um, and and starting your approach that way, because um, depending on what you're buying would, in my opinion, um, really depend on how much to put in, how long to pull it, you know, to, to draw it out over. Uh, when you look at Hex, uh, historically, it's doubled in price every 48 or 49 days. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't wait too much longer if you're going to get in that. However, if you look at the Bitcoin and Ethereum cycles, that is one of the things where I would say dollar cost in over the period of, you know, if you want to put some in every Friday, um, break it up into five or six weeks, maybe, and uh, divide your total that you're willing to invest. I mean, yeah. when I got in, when I got in, it was it was just Bitcoin, pretty much. Um, I just kept buying. I, I didn't have a total amount. I I just I, I kept every paycheck. I would put a little bit more into it. Now that was the very beginning of that bull market in 2017. Um, so every time I bought in, I got a little bit less value because the price kept going up. So, right. Yeah. But even that said, I mean, you know, it's, it's still obviously an appreciating asset right now. So, I mean, you know, four years later and it's touched 64,000. So, you, you know, you can kind of not you specifically, but like people can have those feelings of like you buy in and it's going up and you just keep buying at higher and higher prices. Well, you know, if it continues to go up long term, and if you actually believe in it, then that really shouldn't hurt your feelings all that much. So yeah, um, exactly. Every yeah. cycle, it goes higher than it did the last one. So um, while it may take a year or so uh, to get to that, if you happen to buy a top, um, mm -hmm. you know, just realize that you're better off holding it than selling a bottom. So right. on the next cycle, you will probably pass that. And, you know, Anybody that has bought in at, at one point, the cycle should, now it should, <laughs> history may not repeat itself, but it, it certainly rhymes. So, <laughs> yeah, and it, it will suck. I mean, it'll be a bad, it'll be a crappy feeling whenever you buy towards the top and then it goes down and you feel like you'd have to just hold it for that length of time. But, you know, we talked last week so much about patience and it's, it is easier said than done. That again could be a whole nother episode is actually, you know, just having patience in any investment game, basically. But, um, so let's get into this is the last part I wanted to touch on. And then Ewok, if you had some other points you wanted to bring up, then obviously feel free. But we already talked about not leaving anything, uh, large balances, especially on exchanges. The exception would be, even though we wouldn't recommend it, if you are t day trading in some form or have an order in that you want to execute, we really don't want to be leaving anything on the actual exchanges. You want a hot or hardware wallet where 
you know, as we say, not your keys, not your crypto. You want to have most of these wallets are going to provide you with a 12 to 24 word security phrase that you will have, as well as other. There's many different um, security measures that you can set up. I have like two factor authentication on everything. Um, There's many different things that you can do. And that it's very important that you get that you want to make sure and that's something you need to know first, because depending upon what coin you're going to buy, you need to know what wallet may support it. Now, if you're buying again, some of these stalwarts at the top, you're good. Uh, There's a lot of wallets will easily just support those. But if you're getting into some of these alts, and I'm not talking about any crazy shots, but even some of the ones we mentioned earlier that are still respectable coins, they may not just go right into a standard wallet. You may need to investigate what the best wallet is for whatever coin you are buying. Um, so some people are comfortable with leaving stuff on an exchange. Some people stake stake that way. Um, neither of us are really fans of it. Um, again, you need a hot or a hardware wallet, especially considering the bigger your portfolio gets. So um, Ewok, could you talk a little bit about the wallet's that would maybe be recommendable for some of these, like I said, stalwart coins. If you're not going to go past some of the, the the top end coins, what are some of the standard wallets that you would recommend? We'll, we'll get into the hardware ones in a moment, but in terms of ones that you could just have like right there as an app on your cell phone or on your desktop computer, what do people usually get into? Uh, well, MetaMask is a is a very good wallet. Um, I, I mean, I, I hate to wait to, to say it, but, uh, tech, your ledgers are, are still your best bet for security. Mm-hmm. Um, as you said, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, but if you're starting out, I would do it right. Um, <laughs> and get one of those from the beginning. However, while you're waiting, if you, if you must, um, MetaMask is a good wallet. Um, I like Exodus as well. You also get your uh 12 seed word phrase for that um now i'm trying to think i think if you're going to use a bitcoin wallet of some sort there is a bitcoin qt wallet now (laughs) you need to have somewhat of a large hard drive space for that because it will load the entire blockchain um Hmm. but it is one of the most secure um wallets for your for your bitcoin um there is also um i'm trying to think of the name of it uh, i have i have one here on my computer um uh, electrum uh, is that's another what i was one. gonna say actually yep 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 and and coinomi is good too those are yeah. all good solid wallets that have your own seed phrase um to, to store your stuff. So those are the yeah. four or five that I would recommend. Yeah. And they, yeah. And again, they'll hold uh, most typical coins. Um, th- there's many out there. I mean, there's many beyond that, but yeah, let, let's just, maybe it did make sense to talk about the hardware wallets first. Like you mentioned Ewok. So yeah, you've got the um, nano ledger and you've really, the two we're talking about are the, the ledger and the treasure. Uh, uh, yeah. The treasure, yeah. uh, model t or t it's not an airplane but like t model um yeah they both uh, i i've heard the treasure t model um advertised as as one of the best for security now it does run about 200 dollars. that's going to be the difference here you're not paying for those other hot wallets but with a hardware wallet 
that's going to actually connect to your other hot wallets where you get extra security. It's basically going to be like a USB um, that you can plug right into your computer and uh, it, it syncs right up with everything. So it, it is going to cost you some money. But again, well worth it the bigger that your portfolio is for sure. And it's the number one recommended way to store these. So what do you... I, I know there's not like many options, but do you have... Uh, Maybe we're splitting hairs here, but between the Trezor and Ledger, um, what do you feel is the better product, or what may what may actually support more coins? Is something that I'm interested in. Um, I I like the Ledger. I prefer the Ledger. Um, one of the things that I I do want to mention for sure is don't ever buy one of these hardware wallets off of eBay or uh, any secondary type seller. Because what they will do is they will write down the seed words uh, of your wallet and then they'll repackage it and send it to you. And guess what? Now they have access to your funds. So right. only only buy these from the uh, company itself. I wouldn't try to get one anywhere else. Don't don't try to save yourself 15 bucks by doing that because it you, you will end up getting hacked. Um, that's what they do. That's how they do it. So just keep that in mind. Fantastic point that I forgot to bring up. Yeah, and even even something like we've talked before about like even Amazon. I mean, I wouldn't even buy them off there. I would buy it from the actual dealer. If you're going to get a Trezor, get it off the Trezor website and same thing for yep. a Ledger. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that uh, to kind of summarize this. So, you know, you wake up one day, you decide you wanted to get into crypto. Um, you first want to think about, okay, what is it that I want to buy? How am I going to actually get into the market? And that's going to be by dollar cost averaging over X period of time. What exchanges do I need to be set up on? And I would get that stuff out of the way before like your money kind of hits, um, you know, like you're, you're, you're going to want to get those set up because it takes time to like uh, do all this identification until you're able to send maybe the amount of money that you want to send. So make sure that you get all that squared away on whatever exchanges and I would also get your wallet set up on the back end as well. That's going to take you some time. And then you can start dollar cost averaging into the market. That That's pretty much the way to go ahead and get started there. Um, would Is there anything you would add to that Ewok or any kind of other little cautions maybe for people first getting started up or anything like that? Um, let me think. Well, yeah, one big caution I would suggest. If you're new to this... Um, Anytime you're sending money back and forth, I, I, I realize there is a fee for the Ethereum-based ones to send, uh, but I recommend only sending uh, a couple bucks the first time just to make sure it goes through to see what you're doing. I mean, it's awful feeling if you're sending $10,000 and it doesn't you don't see it in your wallet. Um, I, I recommend even if it's 100 bucks or 200 bucks, send that first just to get a feel and then you see it there uh, and then you can repeat the process for the, for the, you know, rest of your money. It, it's just a little bit more of a um, reassurance that, you know, you're doing it the right way. So just be very careful with that because when you send things and, and you're not really sure where they go, it, it's gone. It, it's yeah. not, <laughs> you yeah. can't, you, there isn't a cancel button. Um, and, it, it would it would really suck to to have that as one of your first experiences uh, when dealing with with crypto. So, 
Yeah, it uh, that is a great point. And also, you know, one nice thing um, that I, I've noticed on many of the exchanges and into many wallets and stuff too, is when you do copy your wallet address and then maybe enter it into the exchange that it's going to be coming from, you do get that little validator thing now, which is really helpful that will say like valid ETH wallet or something with a little green dot. So you know that your exchange is recognizing, oh, yeah, okay, I recognize this. This is a, a valid wallet to Ethereum that I'm going to be sending this to. So well, it that, doesn't that, necessarily, hang on, though. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're sending it to the right wallet. It just means well, you're true, sending true, it true. to a valid address. So, again, keep that in mind. I just wanted to throw that in there. No, good point. No, good point. It, it is helpful. But yeah, I agree with you 100%. Send over some kind of smaller amount first or something just to kind of because it is it is nerve wracking whenever you're first starting out doing this and you've never done it before. Because you may hit that send button or withdraw button. And you're like, okay, where is it? And a couple minutes go by and you're like, oh my God, I don't see it in the pending transactions. You know, <laughs> like you start to panic a little bit. So yeah, start off small. And then once it becomes very easy for you, and you're getting the handle of it, you know, you can kind of scale up a little bit, but yep. I think that uh, kind of covers it, though. I mean, I think we gave a pretty good comprehensive view of getting on board in crypto. We've got a lot of episodes like this upcoming. Um, I do, as as uh, horrible of a conversation this can be to have, I do like the taxes idea uh, conversation that we could have coming up. Um, we'll kind of figure out how the next few episodes will go, but we're going to continue to kind of hold your hand and get you to tiptoe your way into the world of crypto because there is no better time than now here in 2021 um ewok do you have any kind of closing thoughts or market thoughts over the next few weeks or anything what what do you uh think's on the horizon here well i i do want to mention this again uh the pulse chain launch when that happens you're gonna get a copy so if you're going to buy hex i would do it it's free money um don't don't wait don't you know don't hesitate because once once that test net goes um i really see a spike in the price because people were getting excited um it's going to be a trigger for a lot of people to buy and get that free money so when it goes to pulse you're going to have hex on both chains um you're also going to have all your other ones too so uh but my my point is for what hex does for what it creates uh interest wise uh buying and holding a coin is the epitome of what hex is all about and if you're able to do that on two chains um get in get it now it's all yeah. about those t shares and they're not going to get any cheaper yeah you've probably got a good we'll say conservatively at least four weeks maybe more like six to eight but yeah either way i i, I wouldn't wait i would try to get in um, and you know, that, that's an interesting thought too. And to talk a little wee bit more about the pulse chain thing, I've heard people say this two different ways. I don't know if there's actually an answer to this or if people are just speculating, but when this happens, is it going to be, do you think they'll actually call it e-hex and p-hex or do you think that, so e-hex would be the hex on the Ethereum chain or in other words, the original hex. Do you think that will just still be called hex and the new one will be called p-hex or vice versa what do, what do you think they'll do there i think vice versa richard had really? mentioned on a live stream that he wanted hex to be the pulse hex 
Um, ah, okay. And then the, the E-Hex. E- e- yeah, it's the new thing. It's his thing. Right. Um, he, he wants the Hex to be just called Hex on Pulse. Um, whereas the Ethereum chain will continue to run, continue to function, uh, but that will be known as E-Hex. Yeah. Okay. So the opposite of what I was saying, but yeah, that's going to be super interesting. Indeed. Get involved in Hex now. If you like the podcast, once again, please leave us a rating and review on Apple. We very much appreciate it. And follow us on Twitter at Creed of Crypto. Very easy to remember. We will catch you all next week on the Creed of Crypto podcast. <laughs>